0: Today on Rooted Daily, we give you two things you can do to stop judging others. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about how we can carry out Christ's command to stop judging. In Matthew chapter seven, verses one through six, Jesus is speaking to the crowd during the Sermon on the Mount and he says, do not judge or you too will be judged for the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them and under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. That's a sobering thought. If I judge others, God won't hesitate judging me. Judgment is a sin. And the result of all sin is death. Luke records more of Jesus' teaching here, asking, do not judge and you will not be judged. Don't condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And he continues in verse 39 to tell them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind will they not both fall into a pit the student is not above the teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher luke 6 37 through 40 what's he saying here he's saying don't judge others because you're not greater than the teacher And the teacher didn't come to condemn. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, that's not to say that Jesus didn't call sin what it is. But he did come to earth hoping to save us, not condemn us. He gave everything so that we could be saved. Our Savior's objective was to save, not condemn. We're not more important than our teacher, so... Logic follows, we should not judge. But that might be easier said than done. Our culture allows for two extreme worldviews. One is that we should just live and let live. Anything goes. And the other is the opposite extreme, that we are self-righteous. Christ gives us an alternative, though. He says that the only loving thing to do is to warn people of the danger of sin, but it can never come from a place of self-righteousness. So how do we adopt Christ's objective of salvation instead of condemnation. How do we stop judging, as he puts it? Well, first, Jesus says that it has to start with love. All the law and the prophets can be summed up in two great commands, love God and love others. The scripture we often quote for weddings and anniversaries in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about this concept of biblical love, and starting a few verses above what we're most familiar with, Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Paul says, it doesn't matter what you do. Your faith can move mountains. But if you don't love others, what good is it? In our context, we might be faithful, pious, holy disciples for Christ. But if we judge others, if we fail to love others, we gain nothing. Paul continues, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. God says love is the key. Love is the first step to stop judging others. First Peter 4, 8 tells us that it's love that covers over a multitude of sins. That's what Christ did for us. Paul said that he was the worst of sinners, and yet he recognized the love Christ showed him. Christ can take the lowliest among us and put us in the highest places of honor in his kingdom. So instead of judging and condemning, we should look for the good in others just as Christ did for us. Love helps open our eyes to the damage we can do with our words and with our actions with judgment. How many people will never accept the gospel because of the cruel and hateful words of someone who claimed to teach the mercy of Christ and him crucified? When we love others, we can adopt the mindset of Christ, not by seeking to condemn others, but by showing them the saving gospel. Second, we can overcome our sinful habit of judging when we fully grasp just how despicable it is to God. All sins despicable to God, but the hypocrisy of judgment seems to be a particularly heinous crime for a Christian to commit. You know, Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own sense of righteousness that we actually think God would be happy. When we hatefully attack sinners and beat them down to the point where they never again want to hear the name Christ. Now, we can have righteousness, but we must remember that it's never because of our own power or by our own strength. It's only through Christ. And that opportunity is available to all. Ephesians 2 reminds us in verse 1, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you once lived when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving from yourselves, It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Don't ever delude yourself into thinking that God accepts your self-righteousness as anything other than sin. Your judgment has no place in the kingdom of God. Back in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus asks how we could dare judge others who were only in the same position we once were in. We were once there, and Christ condemns self-righteousness. But notice, he doesn't encourage the other worldview our culture promotes, to simply ignore the actions of others, to live and let live. Instead, what does he say? He says in verse 5, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What does that mean? It means, look in the mirror, realize who you are, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans three twenty-three. So give up your aspirations of self-righteousness. You're not going to make it. But also, don't ignore sin. Jesus would tell us to accept the grace of God, which saves. Then help others to do the same. Christ didn't come to condemn but to save. And we do that by speaking the truth in love and showing the danger of sin and knowing that we needed God's grace as much, if not more than anyone we are tempted to judge. We are not greater than our teacher. We simply want to emulate him. And his goal was never for souls to be lost and condemned, but for us to show love through him and keep his commands, love others, and recognize the consequence of judgment. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time.